you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 259. If you have popped over to the Nerdist channel recently at youtube.com slash Nerdist, you would see the Ben Folds 5 video for their new song, Do It Anyway, their first new stuff in like 13 years. Uh, It's an amazing song. You can get the album pretty much anywhere because that's how the internet works so it's ben folds and there are fraggles in the video it's ben folds and fraggles if that is not enough of a reason for you to watch that video then i submit for your approval miss anna kendrick who is the guest on today's podcast she was nominated for an oscar i think maybe our first oscar nominee is that right that is a serious distinction. Look at us classing it way up on the Nerdist Podcast. So uh, we met on when she was on the video, and uh, she was awesome and uh, super cool. And so I said, hey, well, you should be on the podcast. And then it happened. And guess what? Spoiler alert. She was delightful. So uh, she's in a new movie called The End of Watch, which was written by the guy who wrote Training Day, which you liked. So... I'm guessing this is probably a pretty good movie, especially if it has her in it, so uh, go check it out. It opens Friday, September 21st, and right now, the Nerdist Podcast, as proof of uh, the delightfulness, with Anna Kendrick. Now entering Nerdist.com. That is not true? It just makes everything look bad. Yeah. Makes all the wrong stuff look big and vice versa. I kind of weirdly want to just like be in my underwear in front of wood paneling and be in an American apparel ad. Is that weird? Just like a, <laughs> a greasy, creepy picture. And I want the picture to really feel like a Polaroid that was taken in someone's basement kind of against my will. <laughs> like, I was, like I was really reluctant to take the photo. Yeah, instead of, instead of cheese, everyone says, what are you doing? And then, <laughs> and then this is a... I gotta put these headphones on. So the microphones, you kind of have to get right on them because they're, okay. they're uh, radio mics. Anna Kendrick, you are delightful. I love that you're here on the show. Hey, dude. It's already started. What's going on? Nothing. Um, we uh, just recently met. That's true. You know this. I'm saying this for the benefit of people listening. And uh, I guess by the time, yeah, this will go up next week, so that the video will be out by then. Okay, good. Okay. I, ho- I was hoping you would have planned it that way. Otherwise... It'd be weird to be like, we met doing this thing that we can't talk about. <laughs> anyway, thanks for being here. Like, that's the Hi. whole show. <laughs> yeah, we did the, uh, uh, Kyle, hop on the mic for a sec. 
We did you did we tell you about this? Did we tell you about the Ben Folds video? Uh, I heard about it on the Liam Lynch interview. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. So we made this. We we made a Ben Folds video for the new Ben Folds Five album with Fraggles and Anna Kendrick. It has two of the best things in the world. Then yeah. and also Rob Corddry. Oh, okay. Is also in it too. Getting better. <laughs> uh, but it, it. I actually. I think I have the latest cut of it. If you want to see before yeah, you leave. Yeah, absolutely do. It's really fun. Were you a Fraggle fan growing up? I was a Fraggle fan. I um. I was a. I grew up watching uh, Muppet Family Christmas. Uh-huh, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Muppet Christmas Carol. Different. Um, it's one of those things where there's like a whole underground community of people who like swap VHS tapes because the only version that they ever officially released doesn't have some of the songs in it. Really? So, um, you know, there are just tons of people who, you know, like I did, grew up watching a version that their parents taped off of TV, and that has everything in it, so... Uh, and probably well, some uh, like, sweet local commercials. Yeah, exactly. The Like the one uh, about milk ha- helping you to grow up strong. And yep. it's really like an anti-bullying message in that milk commercial. Milk does a bad good. It was a big yeah, staple on like early 90s Nickelodeon. Is that right? Yeah, because I remember Jim Henson, just for whatever reason, early Nickelodeon had tons and tons of, of stuff through there. And that, that Christmas special, it would air in the summer. Like, And I just remember really? loving it because it had the fraggles in it in that portion. Yeah. And so, well, it's, Ses- it's the Muppets, the Fraggles, and uh, the Sesame Street gang all gathered <gasps> for Christmas. My God. It's real good. An amazing mashup. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you're like, they're all friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. you just, you love, exactly. you love the idea. And, like, when they first meet, they're sort of bewildered by each other, but, you know, they, they overcome their differences. <laughs> <laughs> there are other fell people in the world. <laughs> we're not the only they ones. They the scene where they're all just hugging and crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's just like when two real-world casts meet. Like, I totally get what you went through. <laughs> but the video turned out okay. The, the, the song was so much fun, and, and you were great in the video, so thank you for, thank you for doing it. No, that was a dream. I was so excited. Did, I, like, I got halfway through that email, and I was just like, yes, please, yes, thank you. Did you, have, did you get to walk around the Henson lot at all? It's pretty cool. Um, I didn't really that day. I've done, like, some random ADR around there. It's oh, just, gotcha. I mean, it is the strangest little secret corner it's like diagon alley or something it really I mean, is it's like across from a really seedy strip joint it's on. <laughs> and not only is it across from a seedy strip joint but the seedy strip joint just looks disgusting and then right at the top is kermit in a top hat just like saying oh, top of the morning to you yeah. to, the, to the strippers as they Every as morning. they crawl out at you know whatever hour and it's on like uh it's la brea right it's la brea yeah yeah and you know so it's like Surrounded by fast food chains and it's so weird. Well, that's the old Chaplin built that. That's the old Chaplin Studios oh. from the you know the early 1900s, the 20s. Okay, I'm getting a history lesson. And then and then it became A and M Records for a long time. So the recording studios we were in, like Carol King and like all the like David Lee Roth, like all these people recorded in those in those studios. Uh, so it's just a it, the, the place has a ridiculous amount of history to it. And now it was a treat. Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Did you get the directions? When the first time I went there for a nerdist thing, the guy in front of me who was getting directions was like, "All right, so you're gonna walk down the hallway, and when you get to Snuffleupagus, go left." Oh my god! You're and kidding. I just went. Eee. No, I didn't get that. See, they have dark. There's like Skeksis around the lot, and like dinosaurs from the show Dinosaurs. Oh my god! Amazing. That's pretty amazing. You, uh, if I am psychic or have the internet, you grew up in Portland, Maine. That's amazing. Right. That's exactly right. It's the internet makes everyone a wizard. <laughs> like, I could learn anything in a moment's note. Have you tried the internet? It's pretty cool. 
Uh, I'm looking into it. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I think it's gonna. It's cool. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, whatever. Whatever. Wait, so. Uh, uh, I, yeah. So that's true. Those are facts. What is in Portland, Maine? I've never been to Portland, Maine. Um. Uh, you know, I, I think um, people are disappointed by what I have to say about Portland. You know, it was just kind of. Um, neither here nor there in terms of a great story. Obviously, I thought it was lovely, and I'm really glad that I got to grow up there, but I wasn't, like, living in a log cabin. Okay. But it was, you know, I because I grew up in the the largest city in Maine, which is only 65,000 people. Oh, but... so you lived in a log high-rise. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it just felt really kind of suburban, you know, kind of traditional, I guess. And, you know, in the most cliche way, everybody there just can't wait to leave and it's not until you leave that you know kind of being from Maine becomes part of my identity and sure you know I'm really like a proud Mainer do you think you'll ever could, could you ever live there again um some maybe some point well weirdly when I was growing up there there were still two um like art house cinemas and there was a video store there like I remember um you know going into a video store and just like uh picking up Mouchette. Mm -hmm. You know, and like watching films like that by accident, um, which was which was great. And I think that video store still stands, but the two art house cinemas are gone. Aww. So I don't know that I could hack it at this point. And now in Portland, Cause, Maine, you know, because a lot of movies just never make it out there. Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's not like they just get them a little later; like they just never get there. <sighs> See, but and that's when I think you went, and, and as of course I'm making a ton of dumb jokes about the internet, but that's when you really have to appreciate the power of be, of being in a kind of a rural area, but then still weirdly having access in front of your couch to all of everything. Completely, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the frustrating thing about the internet right now, I feel like, you know, we're in that point where, like when all the uh, record stores were closing, but iTunes hadn't really... Um, expanded its library sure. enough, and I feel like we're at that point with movies where there's nowhere to rent a DVD, there's nowhere to buy a DVD. Right. But Netflix does not have everything, you know. I yeah. mean, particularly things like Netflix Instant, which I think most people would like to have that service yeah. exclusively. Those licensing deals are a pain in the balls to make, and so that's why they have a bunch of old TV shows because they're very easy licensing deals to make. And, and just... I even tried to rent like Rome Open City on iTunes, and you know they don't have it. Like so I'm surprised by the amount of stuff that iTunes does have sometimes, but you know There's their movie selection is really holes. not. Well, I have to, to I have to make the round. So like my digital my digital mall is like you know you go. Netflix, iTunes, Zune, Amazon, like you well, hit all of them. Zoom. Huh? You're going Zoom. Well, if you have Xbox, uh, like you have the Zune marketplace, oh, so you can true. you can just stream, you know, you can get movies and they actually do have some stuff that, that the other ones don't have. So, I don't have a Zune player or anything. <laughs> I just mean like my Zune marketplace on the Xbox. Do you guys ever have that insane moment where you find out that there's like a music or a movie that's not made it to digital at all? Yeah. Like, and you're just like, how did this happen? Yeah. How did in this world of reissues and everything going? And there's just something I get really disappointed in the internet when that happens. I blame the amorphous, faceless internet. Like, <laughs> how could you let me down like this? Look, how many how many videos of capuchin monkeys riding cats do you have? But you can't get most of Cameron Crowe's early <laughs> movies on DVD. <laughs> I mean, no, come on. You know, like Rocket Video going out of business was. Uh, yeah. Oh, it did. Was, yeah. you know, oh man. In my ass, because. I remember there were there were there was tons of stuff. There was a lot of early Bergman stuff that you could only get on VHS. Yeah. You know, so I you should try I still, my library. I still have a, a VHS player. What about Cinephile? Just in case. 
Oh, you do? Um, yeah, just That's... in case I run into things like that. I mean, I find I use it less and less, but it's the only way I could find through a glass sure. darkly, so there you go. Damn it. Really? Yeah. I thought yeah, no, I'd I think, seen that. I think it, has, it is on Criterion now, but yes. I know okay. that at the time I think when it's I tried new. to rent it at Rocket Video, they directed me to the VHS. Oh, By the way, did I, did I introduce you? Uh, Kyle Clark is our intern, and, right. uh, and Matt and Jonah are... are both working on, and, and so I just I pulled you on because I just felt bad. You're just sitting in the corner over there. I like hanging out. I got nowhere to be. <laughs> I feel oh, loving. Oh, I've got a place to go now. Because <laughs> I work at night either with the theater or doing comedy, but during the day I literally watch Netflix. Like, <laughs> so you know the landscape of Netflix. You've combed those, all of it. Those failings are quite apparent sometimes. Um, Anna, here's why I'm a big piece of shit. Uh, oh. I did not know that you were in the Twilight. I've never seen a Twilight movie. Okay, and and that makes me feel, I really feel like I should because it is such a part of the fabric of our of our cultural landscape not now. And all. I just haven't, I just haven't seen a Twilight movie yet. That's okay, man. Um, it's, you know, I appreciate, um, I appreciate when somebody like you, particularly when, you know, you seem to have a strong commitment to all things, uh, film related um i think because something that i tend to say is there are plenty of people in the world who only know me from twilight but there are still people in the world who literally don't know that i'm in it and i think that people don't believe me when i say that because generally like when i'm talking to journalists they are just like waiting to get their twilight question in oh wow they don't really want to talk about whatever project i'm working on did <laughs> you um, have this you have this so vast knowledge they, of so cinema i think they don't believe me you know, I think they think that that's just something I say to kind of make myself, like, as though I would need to distance myself from it, which I don't think right. I need to do. So, um, yeah, somebody at the Huffington Post said that to me, and now you, so that's on the record, I'd be in, I'd be in a fucking Twilight movie. I've, I've been a, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I don't know why I haven't seen this Twilight movie yet. It's like, I, I always kind of get to that point where I'm like, you know, I'm just going to watch Twilight tonight because I haven't seen it. And I just kind of want to know what all the fuss is about. I think it's because you know that if you watch that one as a completist, you're going to have to go through the other four. That's true. What about, what if I love them so much? <laughs> I, what I if see, I fall You're comfortable enough with, with who you are, though. You can do that. <laughs> I am. I don't give a shit what I like. I like what I like, and I'm not ashamed <laughs> of anything that I like. I don't fucking care. I like a lot of <laughs> Yacht Rock, unironically. Like, I'll just listen to fucking Michael McDonald, and I don't care. I love it. I don't care. I'll listen to I'll listen to Poco, <laughs> just break out some yacht rock. I uh, worked with uh, middle school girls like at a private school for three or four years. So by the end of it, I had a scary working knowledge of Twilight. Yeah. I sure so. hope you didn't have that beard when you did it because oh, that's I, a big red flag. I, uh, I think I looked worse for large portions of it, <laughs> which I suppose is not a good testament to the school itself. But is that just through their chatter? Or yeah, were you, well, because. Like, I taught drama there, but I also worked the lunchtime thing. Okay. And they'd just be reading in a case. I was like, okay, explain to me why this is good. So you were like the Jane Goodall of elementary school girls. Yeah. Like you six, lived seven, among them grade. for a while and learned yeah. their tools. So I know a lot about the band Fun and <laughs> Twilight. All right. Jonah just had a, a aneurysm about that band <laughs> yesterday. Um, but it, uh, I asked you before, is Cinephile, do you know if Cinephile's still open? I, I, I don't know, actually. And I, I was just at the New Art, uh, to see Sleepwalk With Me, and I, like, but I was late, so I literally sprinted past it. So How I great was Sleep? Did you enjoy Sleepwalk I With Me? For Bigley is great. I, yeah. I really, really loved it, and I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time, and, um, I'm really happy that, um, people are liking the movie. Do you know Mike? I don't, know. We, uh, I just, like, uh, tweeted about the film, so he, you know, said thank you, but, so he's like a... A Twitter friend, which isn't a real friend, but it feels like one. <laughs> it's sort of listen. It's it's one step of a connection above 
we've never, we have nothing. And and the thing is, I've witnessed this thing happen where people who know each other through Twitter meet for the first time. And so it'll be interesting if I ever do meet uh, Mike Raviglia. Like, that'll be my first Twitter friend to real life friend interaction. <laughs> and I don't know if that's, if that's weird. Celebritymatch.com in a way. <laughs> It's almost weird. He's like, I, I, because I've, I've had that too. Where, and, and then I've had to remind some people. Actually, when I met Edgar for the first time, we had been Twitter pals, but he had no sense of me in person. And I was like, hey, we've communicated on Twitter. He was like, oh, you're Nerdist. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and we only had. But he only sees you as Nerdist. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you? Because it's, a, it's not your picture on Twitter either. It is. It's my, it's my, my sixth or seventh grade um, well, class picture. So I don't still look the same? <laughs> it's oh, hard to tell without the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> it's kind of your thing. I had the bowl cut and the glasses and this <laughs> and the sensible tie. You still have you know, that part. Yeah. Oh, boy. With a sensible tie. That look was the antidote to female interaction. There was none of it. Uh, I know. I know. Sweet 80s Gina. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was none. None of that. 80s Gina. Kyle, please. <laughs> Not... Now I know why you don't work with kids She's anymore. Classy. I mean, seriously, this is a nervous <laughs> podcast, Kyle. Nice. Come on, eighties China. Come on, what's the hell? But I, I had, I. So you, you must have. You started when you were really young, though. Like this is. Yeah, it's funny. I, I always feel like um, people make. Uh, I like my my. Uh, people's opinion of me changes when they find out I was like a child actor. Um, why? Because I, you know, I started when I was 12. I did a Broadway show when I was 12. Um, and, you know, that's understandable to me because I remember being 12 and meeting all the other kids who were doing shows at the time um, and being like, this is weird. You guys are <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actor kids. Actor kids um, and stage moms. You guys smile all the time. Um, <laughs> what are you suppressing? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I think um, I, I worry that people assume that that means that I'm a, a, a crazy one. I might be, but not in a normal child actor way. Well, you do. If you are, you hide it well, because I, I haven't sensed any craziness. I don't see the crazy eyes. I'm pretty good at hiding it. So. <laughs> you are an Academy <laughs> Award nominated actress. <laughs> you push it down. Um, I, I hate to, I mean, I, I don't know how else to ask this question. What the fuck does that feel like where all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, Anna, uh, you're nominated for a thing. Did was there talk before like this might happen or oh. was it just way out of like what the shit? Um, it was talked about, uh, arguably ad nauseum, uh, which was confusing. Um, and I remember, um, I remember, you know, I guess, you know, journalists ask you about it a lot. Um, you know, oh, people are saying you're going to get nominated, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> stop saying that. Stop saying that. Like, yeah, it feels like. It felt like inappropriate. It felt like I was surprised that so many people um, would say something so inappropriate. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm not explaining that well. Like, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's... it just felt like, why would you say that? Because what if I don't? Or, you know, or what if I do? Am, you know, am I just supposed to be like, well, you know, I did figure. You <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. Um, <laughs> they, and, just, they just want to hear the humility and go, I, listen, I can't I, imagine and that. And one of the smartest things that anybody ever said to me, I did this um, interview with this musician called Sad Brad, and uh, I was talking to him about how I was finding it weird, you know, the interview thing very weird. And he kind of said, um, well, don't they just need footage of you talking? 
And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Like, do they expect me to say anything other than, oh, that's very kind. You know, that's very sweet that anybody would say that. I just hope people see the film. I was just proud to be a part of it. No, that's exactly what they expect me to say. And that's exactly what they expect everybody to say every year when people start making their predictions and they, they ask that person. But they just need footage of them saying it so that right. they can say, later, we talk to so-and-so about right. da-da-da. So you really could, you know, maybe just for fun next time and next time it happens, because it'll probably happen again. You uh, you could just when they ask you that question, just rattle off a grocery list and just <laughs> like and go. Yeah. What's it like to be nominated? Uh, loaf of bread, a quart of milk and a stick of butter. I could try that. They I sometimes I try to deflect questions like that and they don't like it. They get <laughs> they get mad. Um, yeah, but it was it was definitely a weird uh, period of time. Because uh, I, I just kept thinking, like, why would you say that to, like, a 23-year-old girl? Like, this is probably going to happen. Because what if it didn't? Like, all of a sudden I wake up and I'm disappointed that I'm not an Oscar nominee? No, then they can be like, are you disappointed I've, that you I've didn't been, get nominated? I've been totally fine with not being an Oscar nominee for 23 years. So <laughs> it was weird. It was really weird. No, like I said, it's so they can turn around and go, you didn't get nominated. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. You're the one that said this. You, you, you did this. <laughs> And then you become Firestarter, and you just fucking light Hollywood on fire. With well, your... then now I wish that had happened if I could become Firestarter. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be a great trade-off. You just need a couple parents who were in part of an experimental government <laughs> drug program, and then a George C. Scott to creepily want you to stare in his eyes as he murders you. If As long as you could get past that, you'd be fine. I could easily get past that. <laughs> <laughs> See, Drew Barrymore was a child actor. She turned out fine. True. I mean, not for a while, but it all yeah, worked yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, there were some potholes. But everything worked out okay. Was it, uh, did you instantly feel, I mean, I always wonder, do you get superstitious or do you feel like more pressure because there's a lot of eyes on you or do you feel like, well, I'll just keep doing what I was doing before? Like, I don't, I don't. Well, one thing that was interesting when I was, um, when I found out that I was nominated for a Golden Globe, I was in a green room waiting to go on a morning show in New York and I was surrounded by people I didn't know and, you know, um, was sort of standing in front of a monitor where they were reading off um, names and, like, uh, heard my name. And, I mean, a bunch of the other guests that were going to be on the show that day and, like, a band were in this green room. And so I felt like, simultaneously, I had to react. Oh, wait, hang on one sec. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I felt like I had to react in this really positive and um, extroverted way, like, you know, like I was performing yeah. like, to be really excited to show everybody that I was really excited, but also kind of keep it a little bit contained um, because it was a room full of people I didn't know. And um, and so then and that was just a really confusing thing because then I actually had no idea how I felt. I was just <laughs> focusing on like performing for the other people in the room. So then the morning of. Uh, the Oscar nominations, I wanted to make sure that, like, whatever had happened, if I had or I had, you know, uh, I wanted to be completely by myself. So I woke up early and went for a run and told my roommate to just text me whatever happened. And um, and that was actually really great because I got to just experience that moment getting that text by myself in the middle of this, like, quiet neighborhood. The sun hadn't even come up yet. And then I, like, ran all the way home, and, you know, I remember, like, the song I was listening to and the feel, like, it was amazing. And I got to, like, actually find out how that felt by myself and not be just, you know, even if it was with loved ones, I would still feel like I had to 
scream or jump or do whatever they expected me to do. Sure. Um, so that was actually really great. I'm glad I did that. Was the uh, was the is the Academy Awards? Is it fun when you when that's kind of looming or do no? You... Mostly you just want to shit ice all the time. <laughs> like I was just like sweating. Like oh. it was so like it. And I realized you know the fun thing about that entire experience was the being asked to go and being nominated and you know it's the getting invited to the party that's the fun part. Yeah. And going to the party is mostly just terrifying oh man i can't even imagine <laughs> yeah. where it's just like oh there's there's that top 10 most famous person in the world that i've been watching my whole life oh there's yeah. that person oh they just said my name this is weird yeah and by the way you're wearing a corset that's so tight you can't breathe and you know <laughs> so it, it definitely all feels a little surreal like a like a strange kind of hellscape but i don't oh hellscape <laughs> what a great name for a movie <laughs> Let's make Hellscape. I don't even know what it is. Let's make Hellscape. No, and no, and like obviously, I feel like a dick for being like it was hard, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but, but I, you know, I think I'm I mean just you're to be every now and then I do attempt to be honest. Mostly you're, you're I just human, say mostly I just say it was great. But no, but you you're know. a human being, and anyone in that situation, like it's not it's not a supernatural experience. It's a real odd human experience that most people will never have like mo almost everyone will never have your brain is not prepared to deal with that kind of no. information and, and and also just you know it's just the way that it's you you know your whole life is just sort of built up as this thing and all of a sudden you're just there i mean of course it's going to be off putting i per personally i would i just went to the emmys one year i had nothing to do with it it's just my uh, friend of mine was working on the emmys and so i went and I was terrified I was going to throw up in the audience <laughs> just being there. Like, what if I just you throw totally up? You totally should have. Right? That would have been awesome. I, so, sometimes I get weird vomit <laughs> anxiety where I'm like, I don't feel sick at all. But I'm like, but what boy, if, I, if I threw up right now, uh, God, that would be so, I mean, what if, you know, what if I just threw up on Betty White? Like, that'd be so weird. <laughs> Please. Please do that. She'd probably be cool Let's with it. Let's film it. We put it on the channel. <laughs> oh, I know. Up on Betty Most White viewed video ever. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, th that whole, that whole experience is so, is so surreal, and it's, it's, it's on, it's art, it's so artificial and bizarre. Yeah. Well, and the, and the weird thing about it was, um, again, like as I said, it's, it's the proverbial being invited to the party that's the amazing part, and then, um, and then when you're there there's this additional element of everybody kind of being in your face, being like, aren't you having the best time? Aren't you having the best time you've ever had in your life? And you're secretly thinking, no, this is really strange, and I'm not having fun, and does that make me an asshole that, you know, that I'm not enjoying this as much as I'm supposed to? Um, so it's this weird mental game you start playing with yourself where you, like, dig yourself into a hole over, um, over the fact that you're basically being told that this is the best that it gets, and you're like, "But this is bad. This is <laughs> this is good. awkward. Like, it, this is this is the best because this is not fun." And then immediately after the Oscars, I went uh, and started filming Fifty Fifty, and I was like, "Oh no, this is the best that it ever gets." Like doing rehearsals with Joe and Seth and Jonathan Levine, our director. Like that's what it's all for. And I and I know like. If I were listening to this interview, I'd be like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, but that, you know, that's the truth is, is like all the stuff that's supposed to be the fun stuff isn't. Yeah. And like it's, you know, getting to actually do it. That's but I think that makes amazing. sense because you don't get into it to win awards. You get into doing stuff because you ah, like see, doing now the thing. That's what I mean. It makes me sound like a jerk. No, <laughs> I'm no, no. here for awards, guys. But and the Oscar for biggest complainer goes to. <laughs> 
thanks, um, everyone. Yeah, it was a real pain humility. in the ass to come. Yeah. No, but but honestly, I mean, I, I I so understand what you mean because in the last couple of years, I've gotten to do some things that were you know, would have been on a bucket list or just like a lifelong dream or even like, you know, it, it, and, and so I, I, I guess when you're having the experience, it really is that moment of like, is this it? Am I having it now? Am I having it? I really want to is appreciate this. I have to yeah. appreciate this. And a lot of times I find that it's not until afterwards and kind of in retrospect where you kind of go, you sort of have to sift through and sort out the feelings like, you know, like a piggy bank and just make sure and then go, okay, yeah, that actually was a really interesting, fun, fun yeah. experience. But or even like, even our little video. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> Working and, like, with Fraggles. And frankly, like, I mean, singing that song with the Fraggles was incredible. But even, like, running in the hall and, like, slamming into you. And, <laughs> no, I know this sounds so stupid, but, like, the feeling, that feeling of, like, no, let's do it again. Like, watching playback and being like, no, 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 we can do it better than that. Yeah. Like, that's, the, that's a great feeling. That's fun. And Absolutely. feeling like, we don't have enough time. No, 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 come on, please, let us do it just yeah. one more time. We can do it better. Like, that's... Of feeling like that's when your endorphins are really like. It was oh. really for for me the moment was <laughs> we were shooting. Some, I wanted that like we were shooting stuff with the Fraggles like promotional stuff, and then I was like, well, we should get one where this one thing happens with all the Fraggles and you know Uncle Traveling Matt and everything, and then the AD was like, you know, or we know what we we really don't have time, and so I was like, oh, and I was like. Wait a minute! I'm making this. <laughs> Make the time. Like I got super. Like I'm like right. we are doing this, and like that that feeling to me was was really uh, was really kind of fun on the video. Like I have fraggles here, and I am going to put them in as many photographs as I feel until I feel satisfied. And everyone had to do it. Oh, it was so awesome. Oh my god, it made me so happy. Uh, That's awesome. I I might be an evil wizard without the wizard part. Maybe I'm evil. But it was, but it was so much fun. I mean, I wasn't a dick to everyone, but it was just like, no, let's do it. And they were like, all right. I but think sometimes you need their reality check. Ladies and gentlemen, we have fraggles. This yeah. is as good as this is going. When is this going to happen again? When is this going to your fraggleless existence? <laughs> I pity you. <laughs> I pity you. The, I think the one of the only times I can remember being like, no, please give me another take was uh, this movie, uh, Get a Job That Hasn't Come Out Yet, where I was not satisfied with the bong rip that I was doing. <laughs> I was like, no, this is like, you know, because she kind of sucks through the a lot of the movie, and then she gets awesome for a little while. And, um, and I was like, I, I felt like, you know, you, I was doing it within a pretty long scene, and I just wanted to make sure that there was at least one take where I actually, because it was a huge bong, so, yeah. you know, I'm a little person, it was kind of... Not working. I was like, so Let's it's set funny. This it's, up. You have to you have to drain the whole thing because yeah. that's funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was my diva moment. I was like, I am clearing this. It's happening. <laughs> Don't they have like a stunt bong or something? Well, that they it can help was you it was fake. Uh, I mean, well, obviously, but it was uh, it was some kind of I don't know some herb that's supposed to be good for your lungs. I'm sure it is good for your lungs, but that didn't automatically mean, as it turns out, that it's good for your throat. Oh, yeah. So um, I actually, I spent like the next three days with this super sexy gravelly voice, and I was like singing along to like all the like Laura Marling songs that I can <laughs> sing to, so that was exciting. Oh, yeah, it's Kim Carnes, like all those old gravelly, uh, <laughs> she's got Betty Davis eyes. I really not a great lower register, so I like took extra car trips that week just to sing in my car. Yeah, so I know, I know some people that like to record stuff when they get a cold yeah. because they're like, oh my god, I'm not going to get this again. And then so then they then they record. Well, and I so. think when you have a cold, you sound the way that you sound in your head to yeah. yourself, just a little bit lower. I think that's true. Do you guys want to get colds? 
yeah. then come back and finish the podcast. Eddie Kendrick is here. <laughs> oh. Hey guys, right, what's happening? We're walk in fridge pouring water on ourselves until we're sick. <laughs> There's no reason we were going to do really that. Good plan. Um, so uh, my next my next question is: d- Did you bring me the Ant Man footage that I asked you for, or is that is that not going to oh, happen? Yeah. Or what the fuck? This Sorry. isn't airing. I mean, seriously. I mean, God come on. I mean, it's so it's so easy. It'd be so easy for you. <laughs> He'd give it to you. I mean, seriously. I don't know what you're talking about. WT fuck, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I harassed her about that on the Fraggle video. Hey, it's really nice to meet you. If anywhere, what about the Ant-Man footage? Like, hey, take it easy. Come on. I'm making a video here. Uh, I apologize for harassing you. Okay. But you're a huge movie. You, but you've, you've, you've quoted, I mean, you, you've cited Rocket Video and Cinephile and all of the, of the movies you used to watch. Is that, is, is film kind of your, your passion? Yeah, um... I mean, when I was, uh, like, 12, my dad insisted that uh, I get, like, a basic education of the classics. Yep. So when I would want to rent, like, you know, Spice World or something, he'd be like, okay. <laughs> but if we get Spice World, we're also getting Casablanca or that African rules. Queen or um, His Girl Friday. And so, uh, uh, you know, I got, like, a little bit of the basics when I was a kid. And then it wasn't until... I made my second film, really, that I kind of fell in love with filmmaking. Because the first one, I just had no idea what was going sure. on. Um, that I really started to fall in love with um, filmmaking and um, and started to try and educate myself more. And um, there was definitely a period where I was watching like three and four films a day. I'd signed up for Blockbuster's version of Netflix when mm-hmm. that was still a thing. Um, so I had like six movies in my house at a time, and three to four movies a day is not a good way to watch movies, actually, <laughs> particularly because I thought the best thing to do would be to watch like all my true foes in one sitting, and, mm. and it's just, the, you know, I think you should do the opposite of that. Well, the so, idea well some of, of those you have to process, kind of you really have to process. Me. Yeah, exactly, and like I find it easier to watch, you know, like I watched, um, uh, I, I spit on your grave and the triplets of Belleville back to back. And that's actually <laughs> great because you're never going to confuse those elements. Nope. Whereas like masculine and feminine and, and femme and femme, like those bleed into one movie for me. Cause I, you know, I watched them too close together and yeah, I didn't give myself time. I just thought like, I'm just going to consume as much as I can. Um, so now I, I try not to, to do that. And I try to see stuff in theaters as much as I can. And I like seeing movies by myself, which helps. Oh, I don't mind seeing movies by myself either. Although, I feel like I just don't spend enough time going to see movies because I've kind of gotten to this place where I'm like, well, I got to park and then I got to go in and then I'm yeah. sit down and people are loud and the cell phones and the theaters. Like, well, I just- and truly, like I'm becoming a real curmudgeon about the like half hour previews and commercials. <laughs> commercials, before. right? It's just becoming unmanageable. Um, so that's a big deterrent for me. I try not to let that. Be God, a problem, but I would pay. I would pay like a couple of dollars more, yeah, for no, no ads, no anything. That's a good idea, actually. I think well, because I don't want to pay more for three D, but I'd pay more for, for a no, movie to just no, start on time. No com- <laughs> Isn't that so <laughs> fucked up? You don't get a choice with the commercials, and then they just do. They just wear you down to the point where you're like, I will pay you <laughs> if you please stop airing commercials. Yeah. But they should just air the commercials in the pre-preview when they're doing all the trivia games and that shit. That was fair enough. When commercials started before the actual start time of the film, right. fine. And when the start time of the film actually just means that the film previews have started, again, fine. But when it's commercials after the start time, absolutely not. 
Come on now. I know. At the next hot meeting, I'll bring it up. I'm looking at you, Universal City Walk. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what did we do wrong, Anna Kendrick? That's how Universal City Walk talks. We got that really yeah, cool King Kong know. hanging off the building. <laughs> I uh, City Walk's one of those places where every once in a while you're like, you know, there's a lot of activity. It's probably fun. And then you go there and then five minutes later you're like, I have to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to murder myself. <laughs> it's all these crazy teens. Yeah. I don't, I don't really. I think there's a limit where at a certain age it's really awesome and then the drop off is pretty intense. Steep. It's really steep. Although they still have that comic book store there that's probably in my top five comic book stores in L.A. Oh, like, that's it's cool. It's weirdly consistent. But not better than Meltdown, right? No, no, nothing okay, good. on the planet is better than Meltdown. Better than the story you work at. Um, are you able to watch films as a as a as an audience, just as a regular person, or are you are you, are you so much? Have you seen so many films, and just with the craft of acting, can you do you have to analyze everything? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, the thing that um, takes me out of movies uh, that started. The, the soonest for me and, you know, has been consistently um, difficult is when you can tell that a line's been looped or punched in or something because not only is it just like a little bit of a, uh, is it just a little bit jarring, but then I start thinking, okay, what what plot point was unclear that they had to <laughs> add that or what scene got cut where they just decided to reduce that piece to like one line on right. somebody's back or uh, especially uh, when it's like uh, there's a bunch of dialogue in a car where you're just looking at like an overhead shot of the car. You're just like, oh, my God. Because to me, then I'm just thinking, oh, how many holes were in this screenplay that they had to add the, all to of exposition. this to make it clear what, what the fuck was going on? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, at the same time, sometimes I, I wish I were um, more cognizant of you know the way that the camera's being used or um you know just um aware of performance or I, I you know i don't know it's it's sort of a weird combination of both and certainly it's not as though movies have been diminished for me at all you know quite the opposite oh that's good what's yeah. like your perfect movie like do you have one or two that you just go back to and they just fill you with happiness they're there are a couple movies, like recent movies, that I remember thinking that was so satisfying to me in every level. You know, when you're hungry and you eat something and you're just like, that was perfect. That was exactly what I wanted. I call them and chai it lattes. Feels, like, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just like hits the spot. Um, there were three films uh, in like the recent years where I just felt like, and I love that feeling of please be the end, please be the end, and then it is. Mm -hmm. um, was uh, JCVD, This Is England, and In Bruges. Oh, In Bruges. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just, like, those are perfect movies yeah, to me. Like, are absolutely. they the best films I've ever seen? No. But they're, they're just, just satisfying. so satisfying. Like, I just, yeah. In Bruges in particular, oh, um, I mean. It. I just saw Seven Psychopaths. Oh, my God. Is it good? Tiff. It is so good. Oh. If you don't like Martin McDonough, and I know that there are some weirdos out there that don't. We call them um, wrong. It won't change your mind. But, you know, if you don't like Martin McDonough, you're dead inside. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you're a fan of the just, plays, too? Yeah. Lieutenant Vanishmore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That made me like plays. <laughs> I saw Beauty Queen of Lenon when I was uh, 12 uh, with my family. And my mom was just horrified by it. So <laughs> it was this interesting moment where... Um, my brother and I realized, like, oh, our sense of humor comes from our freaky Irish dad. Got it. Okay. <laughs> like, into that dark stuff. 
Um, so yeah, I've got a real affection for. Have you heard that he and Tom Waits are on again, off again, working on a musical? No. That that's I keep hearing pieces of it that they sort of send back and oh. forth about it. Speaking of voice Nothing gravel, I want to exist more than the two of them working on Dear everything Lord. they can do. Like that's amazing, and Tom Waits is amazing in it in in, in Seven Psychopaths. He's great in most movies he's yeah. in. Like I think it's because he only works with really good people. Yeah. But, yeah, he's amazing. Well, he's not a guy. I mean, it's obviously directors go, I just want to put Tom Waits in something. It's not like I can't picture Tom Waits in an audition waiting yeah, yeah. room being like, okay, how am I going to, um, all right, I'm going to go in. Okay, all right. But he has enough range. You look at Dracula versus, like, his stuff with Jim Jarmusch. She has a little bit of range. It's all gravelly guy, but variations on gravelly guy. Sure. Which I think is fine. I mean, I don't think, I mean, you know, there are some people who are just really good. At, yeah. I mean, you know, there are definitely there are definitely the actors who like so, some people get so much credit for playing these crazy characters and transforming. Yeah. And then I always go, I think, yeah, I think it's harder to play a regular guy there's, because what I do you think, hook into with and that? I think there's absolutely value to people being um, really great at a certain kind of thing. And, um, you know, I feel like more and more people don't like that or they know they're not supposed to like it you know nobody's got a problem with Woody Allen being Woody Allen sure and um, and you know a lot of people have a problem with like M Michael Sarah and I just don't understand that because he's so good and it's so fun to watch him I just don't understand this kind of it's hatred the same kind of thing for... like Peter Lorre yeah you know who's yeah. the guy who played such yeah. a specific character and everything but he's great in that role yeah I mean I don't you know I I've been guilty of some of the Michael Sarah okay, thing. Fair a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you did um, get quiet all of a sudden. I, I noticed not, neither of you went, yeah, what's the problem? God man? damn it. You know why? Because I'm, I'm so, I'm such a positive, upbeat, supportive guy. And I just didn't want, it's like, I don't, I don't, you I know what? I'll tell you what life. it was. I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was for me. Uh, I met him once because uh, he was dating a girl I knew. And it wasn't that he was rude. It just was, he couldn't be bothered. And then he was supposed to perform at a. I I I always I don't judge people by their performances. I judge like interactions. He was supposed to perform at a festival that my ex girlfriend was producing, and a week before the festival, his agent called her, and canceled, even though they had sold tickets Ooh. based on his name to the thing. And she's very non confrontational, but she was like. I mean, I don't know what to say. We can't cancel the show at this point. And he just kind of just didn't feel like doing it. He was tired or something because uh, he had come back from a press, a press junket. And uh, and his agent went fucking ballistic and had other clients in the festival and threatened to pull him out. Oh. And, like, went so... She was such a piece of shit. <laughs> like, she made, she made my ex-girlfriend cry. Whoa. Like, she was so fucking mean. Like, you better, like, like one of those. And, well, and it, me, wasn't even, it wasn't no, even... No, and listen, like, you know, just because Michael's a friend, I feel like I can't just sit here and listen. Please, to of course. No, no. Yeah. And, and, and I would say this, that obviously um, is not great, and that was a, a weird thing that happened to you, clearly. He should know that his agent's an asshole. <laughs> Um, but like, but that, but but hearing that is such a surprise to me because to me he's the guy who literally he just wants to like ask you questions. Like he he's one of those guys who makes you feel really interesting. Really? Because he just wants to know about you. Like honestly, I'm sure you guys would get along so well. well. I do like to talk so about I'm, myself. So you know, obviously you had like a weird interaction with him. Sure. But, 
Um, I think but, you that, know, that happens that, and that, too. And that sucks. And, um, but and, you know, that, and that actually, that kind of thing makes me really nervous because like I'm sure that there have been days where I've just been like dealing with some craziness. I and know. I'm, I, I'm sure I've been too. Like, cold to people and not even realize. Me too. And, you know, I hate. I would hate to think that they would hold that against me. I, I, got, I just, I just got, I just got. It's bad to I just judge got, anybody against one time too, just because I know everybody's got that thing. And then, like, you look at lots of people that you meet, you're like, oh, that guy's a dick. And then years later, you're like, oh, we're friends now. But remember, I hated you the first time we met. Like, I, I, I think now that I'm thinking like about that. analyzing, I think it was more. It was either his agent or his manager, but she was really like, and and just sort of. I had met her once before, and she was a genuinely awful person. I don't say that about a lot of people. True. But there are some people in this business that it's like that behavior is is uh, is weirdly like no one ever calls them on it. They're like, "How are you? How can you be so mean to other human <laughs> beings?" You know, like there's so, it's like this, it's like swimming with sharks, uh, just yeah. like that kind of agent. Type. And it's like, you don't have to fucking rip people's throats out every time to get something done. But some people are just in that mode. Yeah. So I, you know, maybe I wasn't. I'm glad we really worked this out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure mean, Michael will feel a lot better. I'm sure Michael will feel a lot better in this fake feud that he's not <laughs> aware of. Um, he's just actually, I would I would love to. Like, oh. I would have him on and I'll tell him the story and we'll talk and hopefully we'll laugh about it. But anyway, I, I was a big sidetrack. No, 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 not at all. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things that drives me doubly crazy because there are so many people that, uh, you know, the kind of people that hate Michael Sarah. There are there are people who they love who I want to be like. I could tell you stories about that person <laughs> that would make your hair stand on end. You know, like there are so many people that are so beloved, and I just want to be like they're dicks. <laughs> like, um, so it's frustrating when like really great people get the short end of the stick and vice versa. Well, that yeah. makes me very happy. I am such a sucker for, like, if, if someone is just a nice, cool person, you know, like, I am I am way on board. Way on board. Because I think that's ultimately the most the most important thing. And, and I just, you know, sometimes you just see people and maybe they're in restaurants and they're being shitty to the staff or whatever. And you're just like, oh, fucking... I, yeah. Um, I, I mean, that stuff, like... I mean, obviously, I worry about that. I worry about, like, having, like, a weird interaction with somebody and, then, like, <laughs> hating me forever. But the funny thing to me is that the only time I've ever seen anything bad about myself is, like, something uh, that didn't happen. Like, I've actually seen things online where people are like, I saw her at this thing, and <laughs> she, you know, this little girl came up to her and asked her for an autograph, and she said no, and then she kicked a puppy, <laughs> and, and like, stuff where, you're, where I'm like, what? Like, who would bother to make that up? Like, why would you do that? Um, like, I saw something on Reddit about, like, me being, I, I was just like, that didn't happen, and, and you can't, you can't, you know. You can't respond to it, but it's just. There's just really nothing you can you, say. It just makes you like, that didn't happen. Like, there was, and, you know, if I was a dick one day, then, like, fair enough. But if you're just making it up, I just don't know what that is. Well, that is. puppy got a lot of money to say you kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a. <laughs> the puppy is extorting money yeah. from yeah, celebrities. The puppy's now. on the cover of OK magazine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, People listen. Who kicked me? This is going to sound weird. I'm a perma puppy. I will. I'm, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to extort money from you because. It, I'll, oh, also, I can talk. I should have said that. Tough for, even for a talking perma puppy. <laughs> talking perma puppy. 
<laughs> if you were a talking farmer puppy, you could fuck so many people over so hard because people are always going to side with a puppy. I don't give a shit who you are. You are never going to win against a puppy. It's it's puppy one, you zero, forever, times a million. Uh, I, and the problem with that kind of stuff is that, like you said, if you go on and go, hey, it's me, Anna Kendrick, that, that didn't really happen. Well, sure, of course you'd say that. Yeah. Like, no. Or, like, you know, in theory, you should just be, like, above it and, you know, you don't even know that that stuff exists. And, um, yeah, but it's tempting. It's definitely, like, every now and then I'll think about, like, you know, something like that. And I'll just be like, I should just... But yeah, I mean, you can't. And then, like, and then when somebody was like, well, uh, there was one time where you were rude and that actually happened, then I'd be like, well, okay, fair enough. Sorry, I'm a bitch sometimes. (laughs) Um, Which you're allowed to be because you're a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I do feel, there is that sort of like, you're famous. You better be superhuman. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, if if someone does, you know, just like, like the... Well, I just assume that no one, for the most part, I genuinely assume nobody knows who I am. And I and this is the stupidest thought that runs through my head constantly, is when... Some, this is so stupid. <laughs> Please. When somebody recognizes me, the first thing that I think in my head, which is insane, is how did they recognize me? I don't even look like me. <laughs> which is so, like, I, that's it, such a that weird. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I but I just even. think, like, because, you know, you get, like, when you do, like, photo shoots and stuff, you just feel like this weird drag queen version of yourself. And so then I feel like when I'm on the street, I'm, first of all, I'm tiny. Nobody realizes how tiny I am. And, um, and you know, I usually look like a bum. And I just think, well, the, now no one will recognize me. It's like being in disguise. I hope So to- then, like, I just never think, oh, I should just make sure to be um, really smiley with people, you know, just in case... You know, there It was um, strange that you came yeah, in with but, a bindle and a top I, that's hat. See, the top was shooting that's see, the joke that I was going to go for is <laughs> that next time I'll see you, like, uh, in New York, I'll go to give, like, $5 to a homeless person and just see, like, <laughs> torn clothes and, like, scruff and a that's hat with a hole mean. in it. Like, oh, hey, Chris, it's me, Anna. Oh, my God, you were literal. <laughs> <laughs> I had no... I thought you were just speaking figuratively, like, oh, I didn't wear any makeup today. Like, you were, no, like... like an actual like an bum. Yeah, the, I mean, that... Bum. Like a hobo. The top of your shoe is missing. I can see your toes, and those aren't sandals. This is so weird. I've got a kerchief tied to a stick <laughs> over my shoulder. They call that a bindle. Oh, that's a bindle. I had to find so out what it was just, called and looked it up. You just used so that yeah. word and I Your just, belt is a tie. You know now. I do. And your life and just got a little better. And the stick is a bindle staff. So you you have the bindle and the bindle oh, staff. I see. Yeah. So the next like time you want to go hoboing. I like so well versed in homeless vocabulary. We, well, we spend a lot of time pretending to be homeless around here. The true story is... My father's father and my great grandfather used to hop on trains and go hoboing across. My my dad's That's side of the awesome. family are like the reddest of necks, <laughs> and uh, they use like Alabama, you know, Ozark Mountains. Uh, I, the, the only other person I know who's done it, the singer from the band of Vale, does that, and I thought he was an insane person. So you've now validated that that's a thing. <laughs> it's You're an actual thing. I mean, you have to understand this was you know my great grandfather, my grandfather. So this was the uh, you know the early 20th century when you know when there was most of america not was not entirely industrialized yet so it's kind of makes i mean i could picture it like i can sort of see the charm of like let's go out on the i don't know if they talk this way (laughs) let's go out on the open country and see the world and then that's you know (laughs) how else are you going to see the world in the 20s you just have on a fucking train yeah hoboing 
and and sleep in a train car and trade stories. So tell us about your new film, Hobo on a Train. <laughs> oh, you should tell us about End of Watch. Okay, what do you want to know? Uh, well, it comes out the 21st. I know this. And then I don't know anything else. <laughs> okay, that's a good place to start. <laughs> Intense um, trailer. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena are cops. And uh, they've been partners for a long time. It's David Ayer, uh, wrote and directed it, who wrote Training Day. Yep. Um, but uh, I think uh, I'm going to keep using this quote, um, somebody called it uh, like the most uh, real and funny episode of Cops you've ever seen, or something <laughs> like that. And I thought, that's actually, that's perfect. Because there is like a, a plot, there is a through line, but it really just feels consistently like a day in the life, like you're just watching kind of footage. Like uh, David originally wanted the the entire thing to be found footage. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I think that would have been really ambitious and interesting, but uh, he ended up adding some traditional um, camera elements. But it really blends the two really seamlessly. It feels really intimate, and um, it's, yeah, just a really intense movie. I'm, uh, I am played Jake's girlfriend in it. And, All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And we it just must had be the screening at TIFF, and like people were freaking out. It was awesome. I've never been in a movie myself where... People like gasp, like the entire audience. That's at like four different points. We're like, <gasps> nice. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> well done, that you was guys. So much better than laughter. <laughs> what are the odds of a prequel called Start of Watch? It's funny. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's Thank very you. funny. See, because it was end. Kyle, you're fired. I know. <laughs> it, it's been a while since you fired me. So it's it really a good has. joke. It really has. <laughs> But you know what's you know how what? often in the press screenings thus far have you been asked that? Just you're the, so I you're can, the first. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're a pioneer. You're rehired. Then. Thank you. There we go. Um, <laughs> I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal's girlfriend. It might be intimidating to date you. I mean, like, hey, how was it hanging out with Jake all day? I was on Xbox. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do stuff too. <laughs> I um, I watched Donnie Darko. I know how to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a minute. <laughs> it was, you know, um, I've, and this is something I feel like people say all the time, and it's another thing that I thought, that's bullshit. Like, before I started making movies, I just thought, that's crap. That, like, oh, it, you know, those romantic scenes really aren't that romantic, and there's a bunch of people standing around, and I was like, yeah, but it's still going to be awesome. Right? <laughs> like, you're just saying that to, make, to, like, cover your ass. That's what you say to your significant other. <laughs> but on set, but it is really, like, white hot. Like, let's do this. Yeah, seriously. Let's I mean, this is, a, <laughs> this is a free fucking yeah, this fast. Like a this is a paid vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... And it's just, it is it's really hard to say just how uncomfortable it is. Um, I would say that this was weirdly the closest it's been to feeling like kind of like, oh, we're kissing and I feel nervous about it. It's weird. Uh, because actually my first day was like the kind of intimate scene. Sure. Oh, um, jump right in. And uh, when we did 50-50... Uh, we did some reshoots, and there was a suggestion that we kiss, you know, at the end of the movie, and uh, we didn't end up doing it. But when they were saying that, I was like, "Oh God, please don't!" It's been the window's closed now. I'm too like I think you know he's in like the friend, you know, like a brother zone. Right. I can't please don't make me kiss him, please. Um, even though he's clearly like an attractive man, um, but it was actually better. Uh, doing it the first day, which most people complain about. I thought it was a lot easier. Just get it out of the way. And then be like 
weird. I hadn't even considered. I haven't even considered that point that that you could friends that someone could be friend zoned and then it's like, all right, get on top of each other, like. Uh, Make it feel real. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and the thing that is amazing, people think like that the chemistry is just amazing between. And it's like that's just the editor guys. Like it was weird. <laughs> mostly, it was just like, okay, don't like you know, don't squish my nose that way or whatever. You know, that's the right. kind of thing you're thinking about. They cut out all the dry heaving and they're like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's sorry, just weird. You're just so gross. Jake. You're just so gross. <laughs> well, you're just so much like a brother. You're repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it? Do you feel uh, what is the, what is the pressure for for actresses to like do sexier scenes and like what do you think the line is? I mean, you're obviously a very well respected actress, and I but but what do you where where do you think where is that line? Um, believe it or not, I haven't. <laughs> I don't. I don't really have that um, problem. I remember. Uh, it's gonna get deep for a second. Please. Uh, no, no, no. Let's I, deep dive. I remember. I was a. Uh, I was like a late bloomer. I mean, I'm still, like, tiny, so you can imagine. And I remember um, my mom saying to me, like, to comfort me, because I was, like, 15 and still looked like a 9-year-old boy, um, being like, you know, I, I always was jealous of the girls who, like, developed really early, but then I think it was a blessing in disguise because I never had to wonder if guys were only interested in me because, like, I had big boobs or whatever. Sure. And I was like, I would be fine with that. I would be <laughs> fine if guys were only interested in me you for that reason. You always want the other side. And, um, and I think, you know, even though in the moment maybe I don't feel that way, I, I feel like I've never had to worry if I've gotten a job just because I'm, like... Full on Jessica Beale style, like I'm just like the only reason I made it is like my looks. So you know, I feel like it's like I like that I don't have to worry about that, and I don't get like a barrage of offers to do like uh, half naked like surfer chick uh, <laughs> flicks. So I think I listen. I'm all I'm all for late blooming. I was way late bloomer. I yeah. was I was like. I was four foot ten until my sophomore year of high school, and I, I you know, as I, as I said before, I had to take PE with with the like when I was in eighth grade, I had to take PE with fifth and sixth graders. Really? Yeah, and uh, and you know when I was, I rem I remember. But you had to. Well, I had to take PE, but I was too small for the everyone else in my class, and so they put me. I mean, me but it was like school mandated that you do that, or you just did it. No, I didn't. I didn't choose to do that. It was humiliating. But Whoa. but they but they were like, oh, we'll let you play basketball with the fifth and sixth graders. Damn. Did I you know. Dominate them. <laughs> I, the sad thing is, no. <laughs> I mean, I was fucking. Don't like, worry about it. I w the only thing I was good at in PE was archery. The one where you get to oh. stand still. I was great at that. I mean, I was president of. I was like in computer. I was president of the chess club. Like, I mean, come on. You know what the fuck. So it wasn't really like I realized very very early on. Like yeah, the sports are not going to be the path. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I remember being, <laughs> I remember, I mean, I don't remember if I've told the story in the podcast before. And when I was fif 15, 14, I went to a, I was also president of the Latin club and I was, we went to a Latin convention Damn. in the, in the mountains of Colorado. Cause I was living in Denver at the time and we were in, uh, it's very sort of, <laughs> sort of like overlook hotel kind of a feel of this, like, you know, <laughs> this YMCA in the mountains, this really old facility. And so there were all these high school students, like debating in Latin and it was all these Latin seminars and uh, I mean like like Latin the dead language not Latino uh, I would have just said Spanish so uh, <laughs> and I remember there was this girl and I thought she was really cute and I, I, I had the courage to ask her out I don't know where we were gonna go in Latin 
<laughs> I wish I remember how to say it. But uh, and she she just rubbed the side of my face and she was like, "Oh, buddy, you're not even old enough to shave yet." I was like, "But what? we were the same age." But uh, it was just she was already in she was already in older guy mode. Aww. What's she doing now? Probably doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> that, you know, that's funny to me, the idea that a lot of people, not like in interviews, I guess, but people ask me, they like want everybody to have some kind of like revenge, like story or some kind of like justice porn about like, uh, you know. <laughs> oh my uh, well, God, I love like, that term. That'll show, that's a subreddit, that's the only reason I know that. Um. Uh, well, I love like, that you love Reddit. That'll like that'll show them, you know. Like, tell me about a bully you had in high school, and like how you're like, well, now I'm an actress, so fuck you. Um, but really, like, all it felt like to me was like, oh, so I got called short in high school, and now like I just get called short publicly. Oh, okay, great. That's <laughs> oh, so, so a, much better. That's great. Like everything that you hated about yourself in high school is now just public domain for people. <laughs> Are you gonna go to your reunion when it happens? Uh. I probably not. I just don't. I just don't know what I would. I'm just not close to any. You know. Yeah. I, and again, I think a lot of people would want me to go and be like, "What's up now?" Yeah. But like, <laughs> that wouldn't satisfy me at all. You know. You should totally show up and just do the cheesiest version of what people would expect you to be like. Like, show up at night with sunglasses <laughs> and a red sequin gown yes. and have a chauffeur like. Put a red carpet wherever you want to walk, mm-hmm. and have a You'd long. Like, Don't make eye contact with me, please. Have a long cigarette with the gloves. <laughs> yeah. and I think the, you should just yeah, just to... mix like like current trashy hip hop girl <laughs> with like old school <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is that is cla- that is the classiest <laughs> ideal I think our culture has now is trashy hip hop girl and old school Titanic. Why <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. do you keep explaining them that it's a different Anna Kendrick? And just keep trying to give the longest like, version of how it's not here, you. I didn't go here. I'm just with a friend just, who went just to Just try to play school. it off until your long explanation alienates everyone. Okay. It's like an acting plan. game. I've never, I've never seen the Justice Porn subreddit. I just, I just asked Twitter the other day what subreddits because I'm, you know, like I've got my stable of subreddits, and but I'm kind of looking for more. <laughs> yeah. and, of course, a bunch of people were like, "Go to Space Dicks," and I'm like, "No, I no, will not. No, ever. I know what you're trying to do to me, <laughs> and I do not submit." Uh, but, but I you just looked once, right? Um, no, and I, I haven't because uh, I'm almost a little disappointed. No, I'll tell. Well, I'll tell you why. Because um, my my girlfriend has explained, like she explained one, like we we're on the phone once, and she was like, "Oh God," and I'm like, "What?" She was like, "Ah, Space Dicks got me again. I didn't see the Space Dicks <laughs> thing at the end, and I just I just clicked." And uh, she's like, I don't know why I subscribed to this. <laughs> and uh, she explained it to me. And I was like, yeah, I don't need to. You know, I, I just, I, it's very hard for me to erase images from yeah. my brain. And so I am not someone who's like, oh, I wonder, what, I wonder what it looks like when someone gets, you know, gutted by uh, a combine or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't need no, to see any of that No, every now and then I'll click on a, a WTF link and be like, now, come on. Yeah, no, I don't need to no. see a fucking toe and after it's, like it's a had physical a physical reaction, like deep somewhere inside mm-hmm. me. And it just is a day ruiner. No, nope, I don't need it. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't need that. I've been I, after so much kind of talk about it on Reddit. I decided to just kind of click once and look through my fingers, <laughs> you know. And I'm not exactly sure what I saw, but you know, it felt like watching Event Horizon through your sure. fingers. Um, so yeah, I know enough now to know like that it's not a fun place, but it's like you have to look. Have you Have you done an AMA? 
No. Oh my god, you'd be great. But I feel like it would be the worst. Like it would be like A M A A. Like oh, <laughs> there's so many things you can ask me about. Because like, you know, I try to be as diplomatic as possible. And sure. That can be pretty boring. I was actually nervous to come on the show because people get so honest. And it's such a kind of open conversational feeling. I was like, just be careful, Anna. We had that Michael Sarah meltdown. <laughs> Do you have any other friends I can shit on? I'm just curious. <laughs> but that make it... Now I want to be friends with the guy. Because I now I because it's so funny. You know what I find is that you and, and this doesn't apply to the situation with him. Um, but this is I I talked about this in my book. This is just self-serving. But anyway, I used to have a fear of like heights and a fear. I was claustrophobic and then I got over all of it. But right after I kind of started getting over all that dumb shit, I was up like on the 50th floor of a hotel and I got into my room and my first reaction was like, oh, I'm supposed to be afraid of this. And I actually had to stop myself and go, oh, wait a minute. Am I still actually afraid of this or do I actually not feel this way anymore? And then I realized, oh, I don't feel this way anymore. And then it went away. And I feel like the same thing happens like with this situation with Michael, where when I said it out loud, I was like, I don't think I care. I'm like, I don't really feel that way anymore. But just you get these, you you know, you run these emotional scripts in your brain that's that just kind of like so you can just like set it and forget it. Yeah. And then when you go back and investigate, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not really how I feel anymore. I find more and more I realize how uncomfortable it is when your identity changes, when something about your identity changes. Um, I remember when I grew up, um, I was raised religious and then on my own, like, became very religious. I don't, I'm not exactly Irish sure Catholic? why. No, a Protestant, kind of boring, middle of the road, mm-hmm. Christian light. Sure. As, as, as you will. Yep. Um, and then when I was, like, 14, 15, like, starting to question that was a really uncomfortable time. Because I was like, but, I, but I'm the girl that's into this. And now who will I be? Sure. And I think even little things like, you know, like an old feud or um, just, you know, uh, some, you know, taste that you have. Um, yeah. It's weird when it when it changes. Like I find when uh, people who don't really drink decide like maybe I'll just drink socially. It's yeah. like a weird thing where for a long time they have to kind of make excuses every time. I know like, exactly you know, what you're talking about. Oh, I'm just decided oh, I can just have a glass of wine because I'm celebrating. Right. You know, like that kind right. of thing. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. And I think I think one thing that is is really just as humans, it's important to do is every once in a while, just think about some of the things that you think you like or don't like and check in and see if you actually still feel that way, because it just what it kind of does is sort of clear out your brain's disk cache, if that makes any sense, where you just sort of like, oh, yeah, actually, I don't feel that way anymore. I can redistribute that. And then and then it just kind of frees up. It frees up RAM. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but it just uh, it, it does really it does really work. And I, I'm oftentimes I've been surprised at things that I thought I believed that I was like, oh, I don't really think that anymore. Uh, when I did, uh, I have a small role in the company you keep, the Star mm-hmm. Redford film, and uh, I was playing an FBI agent trying to catch these the, these fictional members of the Weather Underground. And um, I didn't have a lot of time to do research. It was kind of a last-minute thing that you just go, yes, yes, let's please make that work. Let me please work with Robert. Sure. Um, so I remember being on a plane and watching the Weather Underground documentary, and um, I would just, when something would hit a chord with me, I would s- pause the movie and write down a counter-argument from the point of view of a conservative, which was, like, fun and uncomfortable, you know, because... 
it's not necessarily how I felt, but it was a really interesting. I think that's uh, more than most part people of my do. Brain to access for the movie and just for me personally. You know, I wish I I could do that. I wish I could like the next time I'm having an argument with somebody, I wish I could just hit pause and just think about try and think about you know where they're actually coming from instead of just how I feel. Sure. Except that when I'm having an argument with someone, I'm just being annoying and thinking of you know the best way to break down their argument. Well, yeah, but that's that's you know unfortunately that's just sort of a. That's just sort of a basic premise of humanity that, you know, people will argue, people will, people will argue uh, not in favor of the truth, but to support their own ideas. Yeah. And, and no matter what evidence is in front of them, like once they're sort of in that mode and their adrenaline's high and they're, they, they sort of recede into the lower parts yeah. of their brain, it just, you just can't, that's just where, that's just where you are. It's, but I find, um, I've, somebody described it once as conversational chess and um, and I find like when somebody else can do that I love having arguments with those kind of people because you stay like weirdly level headed yeah. like, yeah. like everything feels really still and you're just kind of like you're, you're. it's like and what I mean by conversational chess is it's like you're thinking three moves ahead so you don't have to say all the stuff you both already know Yeah. and mm -hmm. it's like you know you can just listen to somebody and go Okay, I see. I think what you're saying is this, and then you know, and that's so fun. And I feel like you learn so much more quickly that way. Well, because it, it forces you to think. Like yeah. it forces you to think about what you're saying when you. But have arguing to... with somebody who's good at arguing, I just go nuts because I'm not great at arguing. But like, I'll just throw as much shit at the wall to see what will stick. So <laughs> are you a? Are you a? And this might be a little personal, so you don't have to answer this. Are you a? Are you like a rah 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 arguer, or do you get silent and withdrawn, or do you are you like I'm I'm leaving? Or um, it's, I guess it just depends on the other person. Sure. Um, I, I think you know the people that I argue like rah 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 with are tend to be people who don't stay in my life that long. Sure. Because you know I think that says something about the way that we interact. Um, so the people that are in my life but that I do argue with, it does seem to be like a much quieter, um argument and um but yeah i mean I, I dated very you know briefly i dated a stand-up who just like knew how to push my button <laughs> and, like, we are a very complicated bunch so ugly and like and and he was good at arguing in that way that i'm not so like uh you know, I would just kind of like laugh at the absurdity of the argument we were having sometimes, and it would just be like, "Oh, this is funny to you." It's like that's not fair. You can't just, you can't do that. That's not what. I, of course, this isn't funny to me, and you know it's not. You're just saying that to make you seem like the victim. That's the down. That's that's that is definitely a downside to dating a comedian is that we we deal with hecklers. We we overanalyze. We break everything down, and we try to see every possible angle on a thing, and so. We will. We can get into that mode where we hammer away until the other person is just like, "I fucking quit." I'm a shell of a yeah, human being. Yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just because that's that's sort of. <laughs> Honey, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for all of it. I think some people listening may know what I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a, a comics are a, 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 we're we're a, we're kind of a pain in the ass to date. We really genuinely so. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> so I apologize on behalf of all. No, you know, no, comedians. no. That's okay. I think honestly, I think it was more specific to him than, than the profession. Yeah, I'd like to think. Was it Carrot Top? <laughs> Damn it! Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm That's sorry. Personal. You just wanted to create a race of gingers. I understand. I totally understand. No. Well, I, uh, <laughs> what if that was it? And she was like, I can't. I, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> why, why are you crying? This interview is over. There's something in both of my eyes. <laughs> well, we're about at the end of the hour, but uh, you're so delightful. I honestly, please come back on the podcast anytime. I would love you don't to. even have to promote anything. Just fucking come on and talk about but you movies or something. Bring the Ant Man footage. Uh, so stop it. We already hammered her about that. Just saying it might help, Bob. Stop it! You want to see it, too. Shut the fuck up. I have to play bad cop right now. <laughs> Do you understand how this out works? Am I saying this out loud? So we don't have a telepathic link. So his nose starts to bleed, and he just starts speaking his monologue. <laughs> he'll be back in five. Like, let's get you a water. He'll be back. Oh, one last question I want to ask you. Uh, I, this is what I wanted to ask you the whole time, and I kept, getting, I kept thinking about other things. Do you think... You seem to have a, a creator's mind. Are you going to write and produce and direct and create stuff? Um, it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, you know, when you're on a film set, you just, I think you have to, I think you have to be a special kind of crazy to be a director. I think uh, it sounds I, like know, an awful and, job. Yeah, no. And when you're on a film set, you see like what they go through. Sure. And I just, you know, and they, and you, and it's not like a, acting you know it's you devote two years of your life to one thing and if that one thing is a disaster and you know and even sometimes you can see it and it's too late and you don't know how to kind of write the the ship I you know I just can't imagine what that feels like so you know I guess it is seems too terrifying to me to tackle but maybe I'll become one of those people who like faces their fears but I don't feel like that person right now. <laughs> you still got a lot of acting to do. There's still a lot exactly. of stuff out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just said that like a grandfather. You got a lot of acting to do. <laughs> do you like, and your friends get together for acting? Like when you worked on the Redford thing, did you just sort of watch them and go like, all right, so how did you transfer from this to this? Yeah, and, sort it, of see yeah. Like and you know, and the interesting thing is, um, it was a famous director too, and of course I can't think who, who it was. But, um... Uh, there was a director who said, I don't know why more actors aren't directors because they actually get the benefit of working with so many different directors. Directors just work with themselves. Oh, I mean, that's maybe interesting. They do, maybe they do a set visit every now and then, but I've seen a lot of different directors work. And yeah, you'd think that from that I would be like, oh, okay, I get it. But, you know, um, I know that uh, there are certain directors who want to play stuff really close to the vest, and so you don't really know what the grand plan is, plan is sometimes. Um, and then there are directors who kind of tell you every detail of their plan, like it's a Bond movie or something. <laughs> and they're a villain? They're kind of like congratulating themselves on all the clever things they've done, <laughs> oh, which so is they, also a really they interesting just, thing. They just want you to be like, that's they're brilliant. Like, oh, I never even, oh, and that's why visually you've done this. Well done, you. <laughs> um, and that is why I am a puppet master. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be a really interesting exercise to direct actors but then at the same time i you know um would feel really uncomfortable doing it i don't know um i think i'd just have to wake up one morning with some idea that was so interesting to me that i thought i will ruin my life for two years to maybe have nothing to show for it just to explore this idea you know you're gonna direct a movie with jake and maggie gyllenhaal and you're gonna make them make out because 
as a what? <laughs> oh, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. It's just me. Like I was trying to think of like some kind of like witty thing to say to that. And no, I just wait, turned into space wait, dicks. What the I just turned into space dicks. Like I was like, oh, and then and then my banter is to say this. No, 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 no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. But I do. Uh, maybe I'll cut that out. No, don't. Nah, fuck it. I'll leave it, it in. Keep it. Okay, okay. You're the guest. If you think I should keep it, um, but thank you for thank you for doing the podcast. It's I know. My pleasure. Thank you so do much. Do you? I don't know if you live on this side of the country, but if you don't and you have limited time, that was nice of you to sit down with us for for yeah, over an hour. It was my it was my pleasure. Well, we'll see you again soon. Enjoy your breed, everybody. everybody. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. <laughs>